The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to the Rod and Staff Podcast. I am your host, Roger, along with my co-host, Jason, and we are back for another episode where we're going to continue on part two of what we started last time of talking about this book that we have both read. You read first and then passed it on to me, Service Without Sinking by John Hindley. We're going to continue to talk about uh, that book and how it's impacted us. Uh, But before we do that, as we usually do, Ask each other questions. You I'm so to nervous. For this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's about to come out of your mouth. I don't either. That's dangerous, oh, huh? Oh, man. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Okay, okay. well, let me give you a, a, a good one uh, for today. So, what has been your favorite age so far? My favorite age. Your favorite age so far in your life. You are getting older. You're all, you're always older than me. So that's nice such to say. an interesting yeah. question, yeah, Roger. It? Wow. <laughs> oh man, I I I, th- I think I have to say that um, I don't know if there's a favorite age, but each age has been fun for you know and interesting for different reasons. <laughs> Uh, but uh, uh, so that I can have a very um, <clears throat> good marriage and my wife can listen <laughs> to this, uh, my favorite age probably uh, was kind of that newlywed stage, my late 20s. And uh, when we were still free enough mm-hmm. um, that we could just go hang out, go out of town without worrying about where we're leaving the kids or you know those kinds of things. And uh, yeah, just, and I was just getting started in, in certain parts of ministry, you know, had been ordained, um, recently and that was a, a fun time. I, I do think that I, I was way too busy and didn't treat my wife as well as I mm-hmm. should have by not being home and around her. But, um, but that was a, that was a fun time, but now it's fun too. Although yeah. having a teenager and a preteen is, uh, challenging at times, wow. But it really is fun because you have such a friendship with them, relationship. You can interact with the kids. Um, so, and how old were you when you got married? Twenty-seven. Okay. Yeah. How old were you when you got the married? Same. Oh, it's, it's a good age. Yeah. Well, how long have you been married? It's been sixteen. So years. we can figure out how old you are. Yeah. Okay. Eighteen. Yeah, see, us. I told yeah, you, see. you're older than me. <laughs> More experienced. <laughs> yeah. What, do you have a favorite age? I think it is probably more of a decade. Okay. I think the 20s were really an exciting decade. Okay. Just because there was so much going on from college to seminary to getting married to all the new experiences and just being free and doing things that I would never do today, like picking yeah. up everything I have, throwing it in a car and driving across the country <laughs> and having no idea what I'm going to do for yeah. the rest of my life and just having that freedom and that 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 will of just, I'm just going to go do this decision. Now I overthink everything right. too much. And now I'm older and you have kids. You're just thinking about so much, worrying about so many different things. You don't have that uh, Let, kind of. 
Let me tell you, I, I went to a, a, a talk this last summer where the, the gentleman, the pastor that was speaking said that the twenties are the decade to explore, okay. which is what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what he said about the thirties. Uh, <laughs> he said the forties are the most intense decade. This is for men, for, okay. for men. But he said something so encouraging to me. I'll be honest. He said, "The fifties and sixties, both those two decades for a man, are their most influential years. They have the most impact in those years." And I thought, "Oh, that's that's interesting." Okay. Um, so I I, I got to go back and look at my notes what the thirties were. But anyway. Uh, intense was forties and he's right. I don't know if you feel that way, but I feel like the forties have been the most intense, uh, years. Uh, they're not bad, uh, at all, but intense is a good word for it. Yeah. Uh, So that's good. Now we're about to have a counseling session for each other. I know we probably should uh, not talk about your influence. That's coming. Are you prepared (laughs) for your influence? Because this is a good book for that. So, okay, look, are you saying I'm that close to my fifties? Not quite yet, man. Come on. You're closer than I am. So, you know, that older age, right? Especially when you go on the cusp of it and you actually turn it and you're in a different decade, then it's Oof. like, oh, wow, you're in your 50s. I'm I still know. in my 40s. Isn't it so different and freeing? Oh, man. You do that in every decade. When you're 20, you turn to 30, you're like, man, 30s are old, yep. and I'm still in my 20s. And then you hit the 40s, you're like, I don't want to hit that age. And then we'll see what happens in the 50s. But um, I had a good friend of mine who's now in his 50s, and I'm like, you're in your 50s? How did that happen? In- you know, for... for Listen, man, the 50s are the new 30s. Come okay. on. Come on. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got, we got to go back to yeah. this book here. <laughs> well, yeah, that'd probably be a good thing to, to talk about uh, this book that we started last week. Yeah. So uh, we hit on some themes. I don't know if you maybe have a good summary of, of what we talked about last week. We covered just uh, really the intro and the first couple of chapters of the book. We yeah. didn't get to the heart. That's where we ended with a cliffhanger right. where we said, Jesus serves us. Yep. But up to that point, how would you summarize some of the things we talked about on last week, on last episode? Yeah, I think the, the summary would be something like, here are the, the, the issues in our hearts that rob us of joy okay. in serving Jesus. <clears throat> when we're looking so inwardly, we're uh, wanting um, to impress, we're wanting to have validation, we're, we're, what, are the, what are the things, the obstacles to joy and service, I think mm. would be kind of the, the theme of the first four chapters, right? He, he addresses a lot of different areas, wrong view of others, wrong view of self. I think in it all, there's a wrong view of God, mm-hmm. um, wrong view of service. Just what are all the wrong views that are robbing us of joy? And one of the things that I, we talked about last time that we really liked about this book is that it almost is like a mirror <laughs> that you're looking at going, oh, yeah. I get it. Yeah, that's me. And he makes insightful kind of an incisive comments that help us to see really what's going on. So if you've not picked up the book, I recommend that you do. And that's what you're going to get in the first four chapters or so is just a, a real powerful diagnosis of a lot of the problem. And then he gives the remedy. Yeah. And that's where he makes a shift 
<clears throat> and what's great about the shift is he really starts at a place where you don't normally think about because you normally think about we're servants of Christ. We That's serve what the books him, about, right? Serving right? Christ. We serve Christ. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, um, and we think of a lot of scripture. You think of all the introductions, not all, but many of the introductions to the epistles. Yep. The Romans, James, First Peter, they all talk about how they're servants of Christ. But he starts in this book with saying, Jesus serves you. Mm. And then he, he begins by uh, a familiar passage in Mark chapter yep. 10. Verse 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Amen. And what he brings out here is not just that he came to serve us by giving his life as a ransom, but he serves us in other ways too, Mm -hmm. which we often don't give as much attention to we give attention to yes he came to serve in the sense that we're forgiven of our sin um but these other areas of how he serves and the connection between identity do you remember that where he talked about our new identity because Mm -hmm. of jesus serving us what did you think of of what he did there i mean in that entire kind of the second half really goes into a lot of that, right? What our identity is, what are the certain, what are the ways, like you were saying, that Christ serves us? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I will say before we, we talk more about that, what I really love is that he addressed this issue. <laughs> he, he said, follow me does not mean follow me so that you can serve me. <laughs> yeah. That I, I know that's true, right? I know. <laughs> but to to read it, to receive it, to stop and, and meditate on that reality that when Christ says, follow me, his, his intention is not follow me so you can serve me. He says, follow me. This is what uh, the author says. Jesus is saying, follow me and I will serve you. Christianity is about Jesus, the God who serves his people. That changes everything. Yeah. That is a game changer, as they Mm -hmm. say. It changes everything. Because even though we like to say we are not works-based, you know, we we like to to make sure it's, you know, faith alone and Christ alone, it's by grace alone, all these things. The reality is that often we live Mm. still under law. And that robs us of the joy that then can come in serving Christ. If we don't start with he serves us, he doesn't need my service. What can I do for the infinite one? Yeah. <laughs> what can I add to him? There's nothing that I can add to him. And so that that reality and really meditating on that, contemplating it, r- changes everything. Yeah, I'll share another comment along in that same chapter mm-hmm. where he says to follow Jesus is not about serving him. It's not about doing anything for him. It is about sitting at his feet and listening to him. Amen. The one who has done all we need. It is about being a Mary, not a Martha. Yeah. I'm the doer. I want to do stuff. Yep. It's hard to sit. I just realize it's done. 
Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm the doer who wants to do stuff and then wants to point at the one not doing stuff and oh, say, yeah. "But Lord, what? A, oh, she's just sitting there, right? <laughs> she, oh, why, why am I doing all the work and she's just sitting there? And then to have Jesus say, "Oh yeah, but she chose. There's there's one thing necessary. Jesus yeah. says, she chose the better part. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah." But it, it's my—it's a shift in your mind to say, to follow him, and and he's serving us. That he's serving us when we're following him. There's, there's a sense where there's a burden that's lifted off our shoulders when we realize that our following him is not duty and obligation. Yep. It's following our our master, our savior, not uh, this this sense of of weight that we have like like he points out that passage that he gives us rest why does our rest not feel like rest i don't feel restful in the service look it's the difference between um a parent who is watching their child to make sure they're doing their chores properly and the child is kind of looking back and going like oh you know i got to do it right and if i don't do it right dad's gonna get mad at me or something like that and the, the, the dad who's watching their child without them even knowing and admiring that they're doing this, this kindness or, or, or something like that out of their own heart, right? Not just because they've been told to, to do it. And so it's so interesting. We think that God is standing over us just making sure, what did you do? Did yeah. you do that right? Did you do it wrong? And how dare you not do more and more and more and you're not doing enough? Whereas, in fact, he is just pouring his life into us. And when we get that now we can turn around and love and serve others freely. Yeah. Freely, not with the burden of, am I doing it right? Yeah. That, that's this other, other comment he made where he says, Jesus does not want you to measure your life by your service of him. He does not want your service to get in the way of your love for him. Amen. He didn't come to be served by you. He came to serve you, which then ties into the next thought of the right motivation. So we spent a lot of time in the last mm-hmm. episode talking about the wrong motivations. Right. And it's hard for you because I know you're perfect, so it's hard to bring out yeah. any wrong motivation. So That's right. That's right. For, for others <laughs> who actually struggle, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. He, he, uh-huh. he turns to the right motivation. Yeah. And and he made a comment and and the way he said it. So so when we were talking about you know our love for him and, and it's driven by our love, we also connect love and gratitude. But I don't know if you remember in this chapter how even that can become twisted. And I'm yes. like, how did you do that? Because I always thought, yes, gratitude is it my motivation needs to be gratitude out of my heart, overflowing in love. But even my heart can turn even that into something that becomes an obligation or serving myself. You remember that? Yeah, I rem- I don't oh. remember where that was. Do you remember where that was? But that was an excellent. Yeah, I didn't write the, the well, I'm on my Kindle, so I didn't write the page yeah. number in my Kindle. But here is the quote of, of what he said is he said um, the right motivation. He said, gratitude can create love, which leads to rightly motivated service because it creates love. Or it can create a feeling of indebtedness, right. which leads to wrongly motivated service. In other words, we're starting out with this love or this gratitude, but we want something. It's done out of a heart 
that looks right to begin with, but then it's now you owe me. Now I should be getting something from you. It's wrongly motivated. It's not the true overflow yeah. of love yeah. uh, from the heart. So it's kind of like um, if you're grateful for someone doing some kindness to you, um, but it's grateful in the sense that you're grateful, but now you feel obligated to pay it back. Yeah. I owe you now. I owe yeah. you. Um, then once you pay it back, you're kind of done at that point. Yeah. Right? Uh, and that person supplies you with that fulfillment of whatever you've just, that, that debt you've just been able to pay back. Whereas if you recognize that you can never pay it back, and yet it's still lavished upon you and still poured out on you. Um, I think then you're, you're freed. It's kind of like the, the wicked servant. Yeah. He, he felt like he could pay it back. So he goes and takes it from his fellow servant. Yeah. And, and it leads into what he, what he was saying. And that's what you're bringing up about paying back. If I think I must pay God back, I don't really believe his gift of salvation was free in the first place. That's right. Jesus loves to give and give and give freely and generously. We cannot pay him back through serving him. And even to try to do so is to rob him of his glory as the great lover, the great giver. Amen. And then, and so he talked about um, previously when we were looking at the wrong motivation with gratitude. I think this is where the statement was where he said, gratitude is never a standalone motivation for serving either a forgiving spouse or a forgiving God. Gratitude is simply a response to mm. forgiveness, and it provokes two different motivations for service, one which is great and the other flawed. Gratitude can create love, mm -hmm. which leads to rightly motivated service, or it can lead to this indebtedness mm. thought. Now I'm grateful for it, but now I'm indebted to you like yeah. you were putting, yep. uh, talking about and now having to pay back. Insightful. So Think about that. Yep. That yep. God is trying to create this response of love. We're grateful for all he's done, but that can even go astray. God wants to create the love in our hearts so that we respond to him yeah. in the way that... Um, when you... So you're grateful for the kindness of God, the response of love comes when that gratitude leads you to see the loveliness of God, something mm. like that. Like it, it's not just, okay, I'm grateful because he gave me something. Yeah. It's a reflection on his character that I'm getting now to see his character and his relationship with me. That's and I'm able to, to see more about him, which causes him to be more beautiful, more lovely to me. And then I can, then I, I love him more and want to serve him rather than, uh, you know, want simply to pay back because he's given me yeah. something. Do we love the gift? <clears throat> Does the love for the gift turn in the love for the giver? Right. Or do we just love the gift so much yeah. and we lose sight of the giver? Yeah. It, it's interesting in that same section, or I don't know if it's the same section actually, because I don't have that quote written, but he says, when he's talking about Martha and Mary, at some point he says, Jesus doesn't want servants. He wants friends. Yeah. That was 
Powerful. Jesus did not come to help us learn how to be worthy servants. He came to die because we are not worthy servants. <laughs> I like that. Yep. Uh, and so let, let's talk about friendship. Yeah. I think that naturally, at least in, in my own heart and those I talk to, it, it, we keep God at a distance at that friendship because of our even our remaining sin we feel a sense of friendship is close. Friendship is trust. Friendship is human level. But God is God. He's holy. He's, he's perfect. Am I belittling him mm-hmm. that we're his friends? And then he reminded us, John Henley, when he said that Jesus said to his disciples, I no longer call you servants. I now call you friends. Yep. And just thinking of that, of the, the heart of Christ to call us his friends and what a closeness of God that we're that close, that we're called friends yeah. of his. Now, now, here's the interesting thing, right? His friends call themselves his servants. Yeah. And he calls them his friends. It, yeah. And that's okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's right. That's the way it should be. We... we understand the friendship he has toward us which mm-hmm. in the passage in John 15 Jesus goes on to explain what he means that he doesn't he disclosed he, you yeah. know his his what he's going to do and what he's doing right um he he tells he goes you don't tell your servant those things but you tell your friends yeah right so his friendship with us is that he's told us what he's going to do where he's going to go what it's going to be like he's yeah. he's let us in on his secrets his mysteries. I think that's why, by the way, Paul is so enamored with this mm-hmm. idea of mystery mm-hmm. because it's like we know God because we know his mysteries, not because we're so smart, but because he's revealed them to us. He's told us yeah. that relationship right there is so close. But they respond in thinking of them. I mean, I think of Peter and Paul, and I just think of they respond by saying, we're servants of this Lord. And that's where he brings the the book and he brings it back in mm. is when he talks about us being servants because he says look the reality of scripture says it a lot mm-hmm. but in our understanding before we get to there and even understanding the term servant and the stronger term slave of christ he says understand who your master is mm. your master is this loving giving a master compassion forgiveness overflowing in this love for you the way you think of now yourself as a servant of him, what a great joy it is to be a servant of somebody who is so gracious to us and so loving toward us and who's given us all we need. That is not a term that makes us feel like we're anything less than a friend. It's, wow, what an amazing one that we get to serve. Yeah, which is why it makes so much sense of the, uh, I think it's the parable of the talents where the one that hides it you know, and, and mm, he's afraid. Yeah. He says, you know, I, I know the kind of master that you are. And he has, he has yep. the wrong impression, right? <laughs> it's yep. the exact wrong. And that's what what the Lord is kind of telling us is that, you know, who do you think I am? I came to serve you. I came to give myself. You can't serve me without me first serving you anyway. Um, I, I really, I, I like uh, the way uh, Hindley puts it. He says, <clears throat> but you and I are just servants um, sorry, are not just servants, excuse me. We are friends with the boss. Hmm. He does tell us what he's up to and why. 
We know his business, which changes the way we work for him. Hmm. When you know his business, it changes the way you work. Yeah. I think that's important. Huge. It also takes the responsibility off of you. It's not all up to you. He's going to do his work with us or without us at the yeah. end of the day, but we, we want to control. We want to build. We, we forget that we're just his, his vessel. Yeah. It becomes a privilege mm-hmm. to serve the Lord. Yeah. We're part of his work now. Yeah. yeah. And it changes how we think about people then. Then we don't have to use people for our own means. We can serve them out of a heart of love for Christ yep. and just overflow that love with them. And then there is no obligation. There is no, I need you to build me up, to encourage me. I need you to praise me. I need, I need something from you. It's no, I'm just giving. I'm just an overflow of what God has given to me yep. can give to you. And now you give to others. And that creates a better culture yeah. of, of one another uh, than that needing yeah. people to serve ourselves absolutely we're we're just we're doing our friend's work we're we're hanging out doing our friend's work he says when we serve as jesus friends we find our serving changes we don't serve because we have to or need to but because we want to we are his friends he loves us and the joy returns yeah. that was helpful um it's easy for the joy to get sucked out of ministry yeah when you stop thinking this way uh-huh right your your mind isn't on it, it, it's our work it becomes like our work right <laughs> but it's not our work and that that burden of like you said it's it's on me it's about what i'm gonna do we can't live under that we're not that kind of being we're not yeah. made to be so I, I thought that was a really helpful chapter so he does give some helpful tips in in what do you do when you're thinking? What do you do when you're thinking and you just feel joyless? Mm. What do I need to do now? Give me five tips, ten tips, how to get my joy back. Okay. He doesn't one look to Christ. Two look to Christ. <laughs> Three look to Christ. Yeah, he That's doesn't give us the five steps, right? Yeah. It's one step. It's one step. And I'll read the quote because yeah. I think it's, it's helpful. Is He says, If your service of Jesus has grown grudging or stopped happening, you don't need to try to obey more. You need to love more. This means that you don't need to try harder. You need to ask your Father to send His Spirit to work in your heart to make you more loving. You need him to work in you so that you increasingly enjoy the goodness of Jesus, appreciate the service of Jesus, and let Jesus recapture your heart with his love. Amen. No tips. It's go to Jesus and ask him to grow the love back in your heart, which means we have to stop. We have to slow down. We have to seek him. Yeah. Um, the book nails it with a number of other relationships mm. between us and Christ and, and his yeah. relationship to us. We're not going to ruin it for the re- you know, let yep. them go read it. Um, but I did like <clears throat> kind of the way he ended too, where he says, okay, um, you know, next time you're, this is not exactly a quote, but it's like next time you're in a particular act of service, maybe you should ask yeah. yourself these questions. 
what's the wrong motivation I'll be most tempted to have here? Mm. How does being a friend and a bride of Jesus and son of God motivate me here? How's this particular service a gift from God? How is he letting me be part of his work? Right? So you just, just ask yourself some questions. Go back to the Lord. Mm. Pray, right? Um, what what will happen if I forget that I'm also God's slave? We'll get, you know, that's the last section. Yeah. I thought that was good. Um, and then he talks about kind of praying mm. prayers of gratitude. Thank you that you have served me on the cross and now that I get to serve you, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or he says, actually, thank you that, that you're still serving me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a really powerful book. Yeah, it's an e-book. Yeah. I'm grateful that you found this book and the Lord directed you to it and that we're going to share it with others even in our congregation. I think it's a helpful book for all those serving in ministry and not just in the church, but service in general. Yep. And that, that that's what we don't want to forget, that serving the Lord is not just a work we do in the church. Serving right. the Lord is what we do in our jobs outside the church, how we serve our families, how we serve our neighbors, our communities. Wherever we find ourselves as servants of him, this book applies. And so the principles were not written to pastors or just ministry leaders. It was written to those in the church with the church context of being in Christ, but can be applied to so many different areas. So if, if you're struggling with your joy or not, and you want to prepare for those times where you may be tempted to, this is a good read, you know, as we come to the end of it and uh, in our talk of it, what, what one thing are you, are you taking away or maybe two things that you're really taking away from, from this book? Um, I, I know it's, uh, kind of the obvious <laughs> answer, <laughs> but I have to say, I mean, just the idea that Christ doesn't need me, mm. he came because he loves me. He's serving me constantly. And without him serving me, I have nothing. Mm. And so with that, I can freely live. Yeah. And, and as part of my living, I can freely give and serve. Um, just meditating on that, that reality that he is still serving. Even my serving him is only because he's serving me and, and empowering me to be able to serve him. And he's serving you in your service to him. Amen. Yeah. Isn't that great? So, yeah. How about you? Yeah. Jesus serves us. And it's his kingdom that he's building. Mm. And just wanting to be humble um, to serve him. However, he chooses and being open uh, to change and not holding anything with a tight fist, not holding any particular type of service with the with a tight fist and just having an open hand to saying, Lord, if you're changing this or this isn't working out as, as I planned or maybe my skill set doesn't fit here and mm-hmm. all of that, Lord, it's your service anyway and you're serving me. And I know that my confidence rests in that, not in my identity and serving, um, however that looks, so that I can receive the praise of God, not seeking the praise of man. Encouragement, if it comes, let another praise you, not your own lips, Proverbs tells us, but not as the 
desire in my heart. I want to know my Savior more. I want to love him more. And realizing that my love for him, as that increases, my joy will increase at the same time. And so it's, it was a good uh, opportunity to just step back and just look back to the Lord and say, after many years of following you, I want to continue, but I want you to work in my own heart yep. in many ways that I see where I'm at now and I need you to work Amen. in my heart. So. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have questions or comments, you, know, you can reach out to us, feedback at rodandstaff.org. Uh, send us a message. If you have any ideas for uh, episodes, uh, you want something, you want us to address something, feel free to send them uh, our way. Uh, let us know. We'd love to serve you uh, through this podcast and just hope to encourage your heart uh, with this. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.